Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the Odd Man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and salutations. I'm Audley Stevenson, and this is the Audacious Living Podcast. Thanks so much, whether you're watching, whether you're listening. I appreciate you stopping by, so thank you so much for doing so. Uh, It's 2021, a brand new year. 2020 is finally over. Uh, I think the challenges and everything that we experienced the last 12 months, I think it's safe to say for all of us that we're glad that it's in the past and we now look ahead to the future. Uh, Speaking of looking ahead to the future, uh, we focus in on episode number two uh, after premiering last week uh, with episode number one, the premiere edition of the podcast where we welcome the Honorable Jean Augustine, who happens to be just the very first black woman elected uh, to the House of Commons. So we talked a lot about her legacy and impact and and her future vision. And if if you happen to miss that, there's still an opportunity to get go back and check out that archived episode because it's both uh, posted on your favorite uh, podcasting listening platform uh, as well as YouTube. Uh, but today the focus is on this episode. In this episode, we'll be talking about the powerhouse in you, and we mean that both li- literally and figuratively. Um, Kate Collins is going to be our guest today, and we'll talk a lot about uh, what that means, be unleashing the powerhouse in you and the potential that we all have inside of us. Uh, that also happens to be the title of her book, so we'll, uh, we'll be sure to hear from her on that. And when we talk about you know, our inward potential. And we all have it. We all have that thing inside of us uh, that is just waiting to blossom and to grow and, 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 and come out and show our greatness. Uh, I'm reminded of a quote by writer Marilyn Ferguson uh, who says, your past is not your potential. In any hour, you can choose to liberate your future. And I think that's a great quote because uh, I want to zero in on the word choose. You know, we can make that choice uh, to, as Marilyn said in her quote, to liberate our future, to change our future, to, uh, to allow our future to be free. And uh, I think that's so powerful because so much of us sort of fall into that where we have it inside of us and there's something holding us back and not allowing it to come out. Uh, a story I have that can really illustrate this comes uh, from my personal life uh, from my daughter, Jaleesa, who's 16 years old. Now, uh, for anyone that's met Jaleesa or knows her, uh, you will probably agree with me that uh, this young lady has a ball of energy. Uh, she loves being around people. She loves to laugh. She loves to smile. All these things and all these traits that she takes after her father. Um, and I, you know, I cannot tell a lie that all that is true. Um, I'd be remiss, however, if I did also mention the fact that my daughter, Jaleesa, at the age of two, was diagnosed with being on the autism spectrum. So in addition to all these wonderful traits that she had with her, she also had to deal with her autism, and we had to deal with that collectively. Um, you know, I think back to the time when uh, she was you know, just a young girl and uh, when the, as parents, you know, we you, parents, you do this where you have words that you expect your child to say, whether it's mommy or daddy, you know, you expect to come out that to, for that to come out at some point. And when it didn't for Jaleesa, that's when we became concerned. And that's when we started the process to sort of talk to whether it's experts or professionals, doctors, um, uh, speech pathologists, therapists, uh, behavior therapists also got brought in to assist us in, in trying to navigate this new world that we're in for Jaleesa. Now, um, uh, I, I can say that, especially in the early going, uh, the outcomes and the, were, were quite minimal. We, the results, we really didn't see a whole lot um, that told us that we were on the right path. But as parents, you, you continue to go and you continue to forward ahead to uh, provide for your children or, give your, or at least set your children up for the best opportunity for success, uh, despite whether or not you're seeing results initially, you, you, you got to keep forging ahead. And I'm so glad that that's the choice that we made to do and continue to forge ahead. 
said because uh, it was you know in the spring of 2013. Jaleesa may have been eight or nine years old at the time, uh, and that's at that point I learned I learned a very very important lesson. Uh, we were driving uh, in the west end of Toronto. We were driving southbound on a road called Oakwood Avenue. For anyone that's familiar with that area, we we're going southbound on Oakwood, approaching Rogers Road, and uh, you know it was a strip of a strip of, of the street there that uh, it was semi it was a semi residential area. So you had businesses kind of on either side of us. And as we were driving down the road, uh, I heard what I thought were very random words coming from Jaleesa in the back seat, who was sitting by herself. Uh, things like open, store, butcher, things that I really didn't hear her say or, or use in everyday language. Uh, you see, at that time, her vocabulary, while there did have words, they were quite minimal. So to hear these random words being thrown out, or what I thought was random words thrown out, um, was a bit up, caught me a bit off guard, a little bit of a surprise. What I learned is the words, as I said, weren't very random. She wasn't blurting out random words. What she actually was doing was reading the signs of the stores as we drove by. And it totally caught me off guard, like I said, wasn't expecting it, and largely due to the fact that we never really saw that behavior. Jaleesa never exhibited that before. Uh, and, and, and therein lies the lesson, right? She always had it within her. It was always inside of her, and it, was just, it had to come to the point where she chose to bring it out. And, and that's exactly what Jaleesa did. And I think that's an important lesson for all of us, right? We all have this potential, this greatness in, inside of us, and it comes out at different points, and maybe there's things that allow it to come out. But nonetheless, it does exist. It does, it is there, and we just have to allow that time uh, for it to make it reveal itself and allow that greatness to shine. And, and that really is a theme when we talk about today's episode. That's a lot of what today's episode is around that theme of that inner potential and allowing it to blossom, allowing it to grow. And Kate certainly will walk us through some of those points. Um, it's also important to point out that her book, uh, as much as it's a leadership book, and she's very much a leadership speaker, she supports leaders uh, as you know as uh, on their individual journeys. Um, this this is you know, a topic that is 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 exclusive to those in leadership positions, and I've heard people talk about the fact, well, you know, I'm not a boss, or I'm not a CEO, or I'm not a manager, or I'm not in a leadership type role, uh, and so this isn't for me. I, in fact, would actually say the opposite. This very much is for you um, because as individuals, we don't have to be in a leadership position to take lead in our own personal lives for that matter. Um, so, so this very much isn't just about leadership. This is about how we manage and govern our lives. And when we talk about living our best audacious life ever, it starts with the choice. It starts with the choice to allow our inner greatness to come out and blossom and shine. So uh, lots of good stuff on the way. Uh, I think what we'll do here is I'm going to take a pause for a moment and give all of you an opportunity to hear from Kate and what it means to bring the powerhouse out in you. And we'll catch up on the other side. Kate Collins is a passionate international speaker, trainer, and retreat facilitator. She's the CEO of Powerful Journey Consulting and helps leaders and their teams loosen their underwear so they can be the best version of themselves. Her latest book, The Powerhouse in You, How to Lead with Greater Resilience, Courage, and Confidence, will transform how you lead at work and in life. Based on Kate's four-room framework, your mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually fit rooms, her strategies and real-life stories will help you dive deeply to transform your limiting beliefs, examine your habits, embrace what you bring to the leadership table, and so much more. Kate is up next on the Audacious Living Podcast. So Kate, thanks for joining me here today. Hope all is well with you. Yes, it is. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. I'm so glad to be here. Well, I, again, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, we're going to talk. Well, actually, I really loved your book. Actually, I want to say that first and foremost. Oh, I, I really appreciated your book. What I really what I really liked, and again, the book's name is The Powerhouse in You. I see it over your shoulder there on your shelf. What I really appreciated about it is how, how all-encompassing it was. You know, uh, yes, we're talking about a leadership book, but you're talking about health and wellness and nutrition and sleep and all the things that factor into it. And what I really said to me is that 
all of these things matter and contribute as to who we are and as we attempt to be this leader in this world. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, for me, really the book in many ways, I found myself kind of going through a lot of the things that I was saying in the book during the, the writing process. And right. Uh, this is something I've been passionate about for a lot of years and working with leaders for many years and being a recovered burnout leader. Right. I've been really, when I was brought to my knees many years ago, it was really the, the fact that I needed to be able to call out the elephant in the room. Because uh, a lot of times we don't talk about that as leaders about feeling that sense of burnout, feeling that sense of I'm pushing myself way too hard. And so my four rooms formula really kind of came with my Pilates instructing background, my counseling background, my leadership coaching, my training, all of that, my resilient training to be able to come as one. And how can I make this so simple and so practical for people to go, hey, yeah, I get it. I get it. Right. Um, and I kept, I don't know if you find this oddly, but I find my clients have been telling me for a lot of years, oh, Kate, your four rooms framework. Oh my gosh. Like I take that handout and I, and I put it in my briefcase and I take it on the plane or I take it, you know, I look at it before I go into a meeting or whatever thinking, okay, maybe I need to pay attention to this. Maybe right. there's something here, you know? Uh, so yeah. So I guess maybe I could jump right in there. So the four rooms formula actually was born out of me, uh, connecting with an indigenous friend of mine who said, okay. Kate, in our tribe, we believe that in order for us to be grounded, be anchored, have that clarity, have that sense of purpose and to own our power, right. uh, we, what we need to do is enter each of these four rooms every day. Right. Now, I've played with them because, again, mm -hmm. um, I do that with everything that I learn is right. I need to sort of put my own little, little imprint on it. But it's really now become really your mentally fit room, your emotionally fit room, your physically fit room. And your spiritually fit room and so that's just something that i invite right. you know your your listeners is to be looking at you know entering each of those rooms every single day and it may be for just a glimpse of going right. ah okay wait a minute my sleep's off so i need to really take a look at that because that is a serious issue uh and so i think that that's i think again it starts with us as leaders and it right. ends with us as leaders we can affect our teams to be able to take time, those mental health days and right. nurture themselves and take care of themselves. If they see you sitting at your desk at lunchtime or they're receiving an email at 4 a.m. and because that's your best time, right, uh, right. that really doesn't work because I think yeah. it's more about the walk you show. It's, it's your behavior that matters. Is it in alignment yep. with what you're saying? I tell you what I love about the four rooms, the fact that you're actually labeling them and you're actually identifying these are what they are. And, and that forces you to be very conscious about it as opposed to relying on us happening accidentally for some people. Like this is, these are the four rooms and here's what we're going to do today. Can you just kind of quickly go through those four rooms just so our listeners get an idea of what we're talking about here? Sure, absolutely. So the first room, of course, is your mentally fit room. Yep. So, you know, I really talk about how you start your day shapes your day. And I feel so it's so important. I think that, you know, if, if anybody has any four legged babies out there, you know, they don't jump into their day, they kind of stretch, they do all the you know, kinds of things, whether it's from a nap or from a sleep. Yes. And I think we need to take that pause, that necessary pause in that morning. So whether it is a quiet meditation, whether it's prayer, depending on who you are, maybe it's combining them, but really taking that quiet time just to get present in your body, get present in your mind. And sometimes it's just doing some deep breathing, right. allowing you to get centered. Sometimes people listen to a meditation MP3, uh, but what it's doing is it's helping you really get focused on yourself. It's not about what you have to do yet. It's not right. about what you can do yet at all. In fact, it's about just, because what people say, oh, Hey, that's really great about the meditation part, but like, I just, I can't meditate. I've right. got to be I don't time or I'm busy. Or I don't have time. I say, well, wait a minute. You're meditating on your problems. So you're already <laughs> meditating. So let's just shift yeah. it. That's so whether right. you're doing the dishes or, you know, making your bed or whatever it might be for me, I just think that, you know, I have actually a, a chair in our bedroom. that's just strict my meditation. Okay. And so my yep. bed, uh, I sit because it just right away, I think things get downloaded. My creativity comes. I get insights. 
it's unbelievable when I, I allow myself. You know, the key is, and I love this, a good friend of mine is a former Buddhist monk, and he says yeah. oddly, Kate, you can't enter your or empty your mind. There's this mis uh, believe this belief out there that oh my gosh you're going to empty your mind but my mind is always going so uh, you know maybe I'm doing it wrong and the truth is right. you're not doing it wrong you can't fully uh, empty your mind so from a Buddhist monk I think that that's pretty sound advice yeah, yeah. I think that that's for sure uh, one thing I think that uh, you know I call it the power of four uh, morning yeah. routine as well and that one is a big one for me because really what it does is it allows me to, again, get quiet. So the yep. meditation portion of it. The other one is, I think is really important. I'm probably going to get these in a different order. Um, I do the same thing with jokes, actually. Oddly. I kind of you know, throw it around, but, uh, but, but I think that it's, it's, we have to reflect on our successes. Yes. And I think that's yep. a beautiful thing because yep. you know, no different than going to the gym when we're pumping iron to you know, kind of get those pipes up or whatever it is. Maybe that's not something you're into, but maybe it's, you know, going for a walk. But the key is that we need to take a look and reflect on, you know, what am I most proud of that I've accomplished? Right. right. Not from an ego place. Right. Just from a place of saying, you know what? Yeah, I did take some risk. That that's did right. take courage and to accomplish, you know, to accomplish that. And so this and is- to build I on too, right, Kate? Like you build off of those and that's why they're important, right? You celebrate your successes. Totally. Because I don't know about you, Wally, but I know that there's days where sometimes, like we talked about earlier, that, oh, man, I just I just want to get out of right. bed. I'm tired right. or I'm just not feeling it. Or it just feels so overwhelming to start a particular project or task and you don't know where to start. Sometimes we're referring to that, those successes, those previous successes yep. um, are game changers because it kind of gives you that. That's oh, right. wait a minute. Look what That's I right. have done. That's I can right. do this. That's like, right. move over, Michael Jordan, you know? Um, you know, or, or Raptors, whoever your favorite <laughs> team is. So, uh, I like the basketball plug. That was great. That was right? great. That happens to be our favorite team. So, um, so for me, I think that's the other thing. I think the other, uh, the third thing for sure is being able to uh, have some gratitude, you know, take a look around and it's not just the checklist, right. you know, this isn't just an airy fairy thing. This is something that's very real. What we know is that for, through neuroscience is that you know, when we get into that place of complete gratitude, it shifts us, it shifts our energy, right. it shifts our body, it, it shifts everything. And so really taking a look at what we do have That's versus right. what, we do, what we don't have. And I think that the human condition is such, sometimes we focus on what we don't have and we wonder why we get more of it. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, we really need to be mindful of, of what we really do have. And I think then the other is what's my intention? How do I want to show up today? How do I want to show up, you know, at this, this meeting? How do I want to show up on, um, you know, maybe I've got a list of things I need to do. You know, do I want to make it like a root canal or do I want to really be playful and, yep. you know, you know, do the A pile first, maybe so I can celebrate and feel That's right. good. So again, just some tips, like, you know, from the book, obviously there's a lot more strategies there, but just kind of giving you a glimmer mm -hmm. yep. of, of that mentally fit room. And then just imagine yourself entering into the, the second room and that being your emotionally fit room. So it starts mm -hmm. here and then we go to here right. and our emotionally fit room is, is a really big deal because, and this is where my family and children's counseling uh, background for many, many years comes into play. And I'm a firm believer as a leader, whether you're leading an organization, whether yep. you're leading a family, wherever it is, I always really look through the lens of family systems. And so what does that mean? It means that if I'm running an organization, which I did many moons ago, yep. what happens is, is you're oftentimes perceived as the parents, even yep. though you may be actually right. younger than yep. some of your team members. That's right. That's reality right. is you're looking to you to create the framework, to be consistent, to create the structure, and to obviously have that you know, sincere connection with them, something with meaning. So I think that with the emotionally fit room, really what it does is it allows you to kind of check in and say, okay, how am I feeling? Like, what's up? Right. You know, what am I feeling? I was saying to you earlier, you know, when everybody else was going through the grieving, I was busy doing my, writing my like, book. And so now some yes. of the sadness is coming up around the grief right. and different things that have happened in my life where there's been losses and right those kinds of things. So giving myself permission to actually right. just feel. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that our society obviously doesn't do really well. I've authored a couple of lost CDs and um, yeah, these are earned. And, um, you know, I've had the good fortune to be able to travel across North America with funeral right. services. And, you know, what, what, what's very clear is that our society really is uncomfortable uh, with grief. 
Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of like somewhere she's still grieving. He's right. still grieving. We might be thinking it, you know, it's been a year. It's been yep. two years. I mean, I coach leaders that they're saying, Kate, there's something wrong with me. It's been five years. And I'm saying, are you kidding me? You lost yourself in your work. And that was your way of coping. And workaholism, right. by the way, is, is a, a clear way oftentimes where we're running from something. Absolutely. Having been, having been there, yep. done that. Yep. Check that off the list. Um, so it's a great place to hide, so to speak. That's right. And then all of a sudden we fall apart one day and we realize I've never even grieved. Taking that time that to yourself. That's right. right? I, I think- I think people forget how important or significant that is. And you sort of talked about as a society, I mean, you know, little boys don't cry. Don't cry, little boy, because you're supposed to be strong. And But no, you you should be allowed to express your emotions and almost like that flush, right? Get it out of your system and flow all the way through. I think it's important. And you just, you brought me up because um, I happened to, to raise a, uh, two boys, one being my husband, he always plays. He said, you're raising me too, honey. Um, but, but our son, when he was little, I remember him, he was telling me a story because he was outside and he'd fallen on his, on, um, on his bike. Right. And so, uh, a neighbor said, you know, it was a man and said, you know, oh, it's not that bad. Don't cry. And he just looked at him square in the face and said, well, you obviously haven't cried lately because this is a really good thing. You need to let it out. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, out of the mouths of babes. And I think that it was so important for me to make sure that I raised a son that really was able to be in touch with right. all of his emotions. Right. And I think that um, we need to get away from that. Men need to, to be strong all the time yeah. and you know, the anger and joy or the, yeah, you know, the there's emotion. nothing wrong with being vulnerable. There isn't. It's actually, there's actually strength in it, which it's so, I totally agree. It is a strength. And I think that, you know, we've got so many things that are going on, you know, social justice, you know, everything that's happening, people are becoming more vulnerable and that's sharing right. and it's, oh my goodness, I'm just beyond thrilled. I think for sure I want to touch on, which I, I think is probably one of the key markers of my four rooms. And my chiropractor, Dr. Michael Kulas, has said to me for years, Kate, what would you choose in this moment if you loved yourself? I mean, to me, that's such a powerful statement. Wow. So you're you're about to assert yourself. You're about to say no to something. You're about to say, whoa, this relationship is toxic or this employee just doesn't fit. Um, I got to get really honest. I got to pay attention to the feedback here. Right. Uh, so what would I choose if I really love myself? Now, if that feels heavy, that statement to say it, right. maybe it's what would I choose if I liked myself? What would I choose if I respected right. myself in this moment? Because I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up doing what we think we should do. Right. And I think that it's one of the number one causes of stress for all of us mm. is that we forget to do things our way. Now, I realize in an organization, we all have parameters. We've got you know, various rules, guidelines, you know, visions, all of that, vision statements. However, we have to do to some level what we do uh, and bring ourselves forward rather rather than, okay, I'm just kind of going along with with what they want me to do. And when we do that, we suffer. We suffer and really everybody suffers, right? So the third room is the uh, physically fit room. So again, imagining yourselves walking in to the physically fit room. Yep. It's really important to do that check-in. How am I feeling right now? That's right. Like, you know, am I tired? Um, I, of course, mentioned in the book about the sleep crisis that we're on. Like, there's a study that was done where 42% of leaders are getting under six hours and probably a lot less every single night. And, And of those 42, the majority had a disconnect about how, in fact, they were impacting their teams. Right. Where sometimes... Just totally unaware. Right. They're totally unaware. They're they're unaware that your their team members are walking on eggshells because wow. either they withdraw or they become like That's grizzly right. or right. whatever the case may be. And so, you know, this whole business, and it really bothered me years ago. It's like, oh, no, I would hear people say, you know, like I can operate on four hours of sleep. It's like, no, you can't, <laughs> you know, like, you know, more accidents are caused. We make more mistakes. Yeah. We end up with brain fog. You know, we gain more weight. We have more sugar cravings. Um, we, we actually become impaired in how we relate to each other. So the physically fit room, which is the second one, which I have to talk about in that, Mm -hmm. um, the room is that is we need to move our body. We know that sitting is the new smoking and a lot of people now, of course, are working from home or perhaps we've got a, you know, a hybrid situation going on where they're into the office and possibly working from home. Yep. So it, it's no different than being at a, a factory when we're doing the same thing all day. That's right. So our lower backs are bothering us, our necks are bothering us. So we need to get up and shift our body because we don't have necessarily have a water right. flow close by. Right. No, uh, it's, so it's so different to, now. 
right? It's so, it's so different now because of that, because I, yeah, you're right. At one point, you know, if you're in the office, you can say, I'm going to get up and stretch my legs or, or whatever. And, and now, you know, at home, you're sitting at your desk and you just go. And it's really easy to get caught up into, oh, I've got another Zoom call. Okay, that call is done. I got another Zoom call. And all of a sudden, you're back to back to back to back to back. And you spent the whole day sitting in the chair, absorbed this fashion. So it is a, a mini crisis going on. Well, I really think it is. It's a really good way that you've you've actually said that, oddly, because I think what's happening is is that our boundaries now have become so there's there's no uh, no clar- clarity on where's my business or my professional right. at and my family, and so it's all combined. And I think that we really need to to set those boundaries to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to have the alarm go off on my phone to say, okay, the day is now done, right? right. And I That's think right. that you know that's the other part here is that is that we need to be able to take a break from technology. Um, I had one of the leaders reach out to me at like quarter to seven Saturday morning on something that she was working on. And hallelujah, you know, good for you. That works for you. But I didn't respond to her for like 24 hours or longer because I kind of thought I have to practice what I preach with you. I get that you're on the treadmill, the stress treadmill. You're doing the best you can. And I certainly have compassion for her, but I need to make sure that my actions are also staying, you know, I yeah. have a life and I have to, you know, that's right. my family, like we were talking about earlier is, is my number one. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's a really, really big deal. I think the other part of it too, which uh, oh, I'll go into actually the spiritually fit room, the final room. Yep. And that is what fills your spirit up. That's right. You know, I think that I don't know about you, oddly, but I was, when I look back at who I was prior, you know, to everything going on, um, with this, with this crisis that we're all in is that I think that, uh, it was unrealistic, you know, the expectations of myself were unrealistic, this business of going from one thing to the next, like somehow I'm going to miss out on something. Right. It's really, I think in many ways, it's given me this opportunity to really check in and say, you know, what brings me joy, uh, right now. And, uh, it's one of the things I talk a lot about with my clients is creating a joy list. Yep. And part of that, I think for sure is about relationships. What relationships mm. do I need to maybe call out the elephant in the room yep. and say, you know what, I don't like it when you talk this way, or I feel unimportant to you when you do this. Uh, or maybe it's literally letting somebody go and just simply saying, I'm giving myself permission to say that this just isn't serving me. It's harming me more than helping me right. uh, because I don't get to show up and be my best self. Yep. Uh, and, and I think to spiritual fit room is obvious for other people so it might be faith which it is for me so mm-hmm. somebody yep. else it might be spiritually fit room is which is also a big deal for me is how do i how can i serve right. you know what is it that i could do so if i'm a leader in an organization that's a great question to ask ourselves every day who can i serve today who can i deposit into to help say that i see you i love did you ever see the movie uh, avatar yes yes right yes. Yeah. I, my husband took forever to get me there. He says, oh, I'm not going to be into this. It's not gonna, oh my gosh. I had to buy it as soon as I, you know, I said, okay, I got to get it as soon as it comes out. Yeah. Uh, but I love it. You know, like I see, you, right? Right. I see you. I mean, to me, that is a big deal because I think that we've lost some of that. Um, you know, and I think that we need to come back to really genuine paying witness to each other. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm a, f- a firm believer that, I don't know if you know much about the Course in Miracles, but there's, they say that there's only love or a call to love. So when somebody, for example, is really, their behavior is aggressive or they're passive aggressive, or somehow you're like, oh, I'm just losing my mind over this person. They're so difficult. Uh, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, obviously they're not loving themselves in that moment because right. really it's a call to love. Look, you know what? I'm not feeling good about myself. So I'm gonna project some not so great stuff out at you. Uh, and I think that 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 element of compassion is really uh, yeah. more important than ever, because yeah. I think that people are doing the best they can. Yep. They are. You just need to have that support and to know that you've got their back. That's right. Uh, and I think that some people just don't have uh, those those skills. They don't have those interpersonal skills. They may mm-hmm. be crackerjacks in certain areas, obviously, because sure. they're part of your organization. But but, you know, we need to help them develop that. That's right. where. You know, my business, for example, with resilient training used to be considered soft skills. Now it's like, okay, this is non-negotiable. We need her to come in. These skills we need. Training, right? Yeah. 
Right. Because we need to, because I think that, you know, more than ever, we're having more of the integrated employee come into the workplace. Right. And so it's not fair to expect your, your leaders to be able to know how to navigate all of that. Yep. Yep. And so I think it's really, really important. So that's just kind of giving you a bit of a kind of a, a synopsis of, of the book itself. But it really, you know, came from a place of me wanting to let leaders know that, you know, that they're not alone. Right. And that there are going to be times where they feel like their power's robbed. And or there may be times that they're, in fact, robbing other people of their power. So right. maybe right. you're the common denominator uh, in all the different uh, conflict or resistance that's happening in your life. And so maybe it's time to take a step back and say, right. OK, am I really sure? Yeah, my that check in. Right. That's, check in. that's exactly right? what it is. No, you're I right. I think it's important, you know, you're right. I, I, and so thank you for that. I think it's a really good snapshot overall and to, to see those rooms and, and how they fit. I, I want to go back to the title of the book because I think it's really the powerhouse. You know, I think it's really, I, I actually love it. It's a, it's a thing is a power, using the word power. It's a powerful uh, title because what it suggests really is that, you know, that, that seed of potential, that greatness, it's, it's all of us have that, right? We all have that ability. And sometimes because you're not in the position of a manager or CEO, a boss or whatever, there's a feeling that, well, this isn't for me in, in, in relation to leadership, but it very much is so. You, you touched earlier about sometimes being the leader in your family as an example, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, the seed of potential exists within all of us. Absolutely. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because I know when I went out and did some surveys uh, with some people in my life, the one leader came back and her comment was, okay, I don't want to be a powerhouse. That's, I don't want to be a oh, wow. That's not my style. I went, oh my goodness, that's never where I'm coming right. from. It's about right. reminding ourselves, like you said, we all have it within us. And I believe we are all leaders. That's, I, I'm so passionate about that, you know? And I think that, you know, I'm, the coaching I'm doing with, with people are leaders of all walks of life. And I think that, you know, it's very true that sometimes even that we trip ourselves up. That can be a limiting right. belief around, oh, well, he or she, they're, they're just so much more successful than right. me or, you know, they, uh, I can see why that book would be good for them. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, who doesn't need to be able to get rid of the confusion, get rid of the clutter, yep. get rid of the, you know, that low uh, self-esteem, you know, at sometimes it happens. Like the leaders I work with, they're like top-notch people and their right. teams are top-notch people, but they've forgotten because they're so busy, like the horse at the track, yes. trying yes. to do what they're doing. And, and I'm honestly, I am blown away by some of them because I, in their presence, I'm honored. And, yes. you know, they've got all these letters behind their name. Right. And um, they're saying, right. wow, like, thank you for saying that, Kate. Or, and I'm thinking, this is 101 stuff. Like, you're brilliant. Um, and so this is what we need to go back to. Right. We need to go back to really, uh, really standing in that sense of that presence of each other and saying, you know, you are, like you say, the greatness I see in you is absolutely amazing. And this specifically is what I value in you and appreciate. And this is how you inspire me. Right. Uh, I think we need to go back to that and, and really be able to show up in a, a very different way for each other and yep. then allow each other to shine. Right, right. So, and you, know, and you talk about uh, owning your own power and, and, and I think there really is a process, there's an awakening process to help these individuals that we're talking about recognize their role. Their, their role. What does that process look like? Well, first of all, I mean, I call it the three A's and the one is, you know, the awareness. So I need to, you know, kind of take a look at, you know, what's happening right now where I've got some conflict or I don't right. feel good about myself or maybe I'm uh, beating myself up. My inner critic is alive and well, or my self-talk is really, really negative. So I can't change what I don't acknowledge, right? We know that. Then the second thing is that I have to accept. I have to accept that Rome wasn't built in the day. Right. So I have to accept that, okay, that maybe I'm in this uh, unhealthy relationship, whether it's emotionally abusive with your boss, whether it's a partner. And, and I want to be really clear. This isn't just about men being emotionally right. abusive. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's yep. both ways because sometimes I think people make the assumption right. that, oh, it's always a male that's right. emotionally abusive. It can be either. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, sometimes it's just that sense of sort of saying, okay, so I need to be gentle with myself that if I knew better, I would have done better. Right. And and then the final A, of course, is so action. What am I going to do differently now to get a different result? But part of that whole power, owning our power, 
I really think oddly, a lot of it comes back to the four rooms and meaning that, like, let, let me give you an example. Literally, when I was writing the book, I, it just naturally, because it was part of a writing group, is that somebody brought it up and held up a mirror. And I'm so grateful that they did. Kate, it's kind of like the way you're looking at this book is you're, you're almost acting like an athlete. Well, please understand, I'm not an athlete, okay? Uh, I'm a Pilates instructor. And yes, fitness has been a part of my life. But, you know, those times when I played in the basketball team or whatever, you know, they threw me in because someone was injured. <laughs> Feeling a spot. We've all been there, Kate. We've all right? been there. It's Feeling like, you know, I was, the, I was the spotter. That's, you know, like, let's, let's call it out. So, but she said, you know, but you're, the fact of your discipline and, you know, being sugar-free and making sure you're getting to bed at a certain time and drinking your water and really insulating yourself from toxic people in your life and really being able to, you know, have that set time that you are going to pour into yourself and not let distractions to be a part of this writing journey. And uh, I realized that you know, after the book was written, oddly, I'm not going to lie to you. All of a sudden now I'm eating sugar, like what people were talking about before. <laughs> now all of a sudden I'm eating sugar and I'm doing all these things and I'm thinking, hey, I'm not feeling so good about myself. I'm feeling a little bit more um, kind of down. I'm feeling that, well, sure, the clothes are fitting tighter. I'm feeling that there's more brain fog. There is more right. confusion happening. My confidence is taking a hit. I don't feel I've got that umph that I used to have. I wasn't yep. inspired. So now what I've just done as a current to be transparent, I'm back to the routine that I mentioned in the book where, yep. you know, like now it's like, you know, Sundays through Thursday, uh, I'm now like sugar-free, gluten-free, right. dairy-free, all those things. Because yep. I know right. that when I'm clear, it's like a no-brainer. Like, yep. Yep. you think you're going to talk to me like that? Or right. uh, that's not happening. Or it's just like this warrior comes out in me yep. and I'm thinking, who is she? You know, and it's because the clarity Yes. is so like it's right in my face i can't right. hide from that and you're listening to yourself too right you're, you're recognizing that change needs to be made and that's an important part of just understanding where you're at absolutely because i think it's easy to lose sight of that gut instinct that intuition mm -hmm. and it always guides us at all if we pay attention but if i'm so busy eating uh chocolate or i'm busy you know watching netflix it's like the fourth you know, program or whatever, and it's four hours later. And don't get me wrong, we've all done the binging. I'm not going to, yes, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody. But yeah. I will say one thing, which is interesting. I just heard a, a psychologist say this recently, and I thought it was just brilliantly said. It's called disciplined self indulgence. Isn't that beautiful? Disciplined. Yeah, that's right. Indulgence. So that means that, like, I don't necessarily want to die with a Twinkie in my mouth, which I've never actually tried in my life, but, um, but at the same time, I want to see that I've lived and I've tried yeah. different things. And that's right. food is a big deal to me. I love food. Yeah. Yeah. And so, however, I know that when I eat certain food, I feel great. And other food, I think, oh my gosh, why right. did I do this? Why did I do that? Yep. We've right? been there. We've been there. Yeah. No, we've been there. Um, I want to touch on fear and uncertainty and how that impacts us, because I would imagine that's a big one for a lot of people. Um, again, when we talk about owning our power uh, and past fears, it easily can come into play. And we're all affected by this. And so it's not exclusive to just a set of individuals or a group of people. Fear and uncertainty, I mean, I, I can think of every time that I've, I've launched to try something new or uh, whether it be a new podcast or a new endeavor or whatever, you know, that little, you know, of fear and uncertainty comes in how would you suggest or tips to, uh would you make to people sort of overcome those 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 pieces well kind of again the three a's right the a of course be aware that you are afraid because sometimes what happens is we 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 like i'm a firm believer i love Guy finley he says you know the fear is real but the why is a lie so the fear is real but the why is a lie so in yes. other words it's the story right. that we tell ourselves so I'm a huge fan. I was very, very fortunate to be handpicked to train with Jack Canfield, the Chicken Soup for the Soul author, as well as the Success Principles author. And, you know, one of the things that he taught us was, is that there's three limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough, or I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough, or I'm not smart enough. And we land on one primary one. So let me give myself as an example. So worthiness um, was a big deal for a lot of different reasons, which I mentioned about in the book. No, we don't have the time for that. But for me, it's like, you know, um, my mother had two significant deaths when she was pregnant with me. I showed up two, two weeks early. Um, I was a small baby. My mom's grieving the death of her father. 
And so, you know, this is now ingrained in me, but I don't even realize, of course, I'm an infant, you know, and this story comes out later about how devastating this was, of course, on my mom. And, you know, again, author of two, two uh, law CDs, go figure, right? But not right. realizing connecting the dots. I think there's a real, I believe very strongly in this, Adelaide. And I know that some people say, oh, yeah, I don't need to go back there. I had a perfect childhood and everything's well, first of all, if you use the word perfect, there's yeah, a problem right there. Um, but there's, you know, there's, we've all received messages along our That's journey. Right. That's right. That haven't been the most supportive, have been shaming, have been uh, guilt producing. They have been, um, you know, really uh, in some ways putting ourselves, putting yeah, us in our yeah. place. And, and for as, some, they don't recognize those messages are even there. They're subconsciously with us and we don't even yes. know. It's, it's like, right. where'd that come from? And, when you, and so when you start to break it down to understand what origin of that, for many, it does go back to childhood. It does. And so that's the work. So if I can say anything to your listeners is that if you're not sure, and there's a stuckness around where the source of the fear comes from, I invite you to hire someone, do hire a coach, hire a therapist, go through your employee assistance program, whatever that looks like for you, but someone who this is their, this isn't their wheelhouse because it's really important. You know, I'm not shy in telling people I've seen a therapist. I think it's important, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I would see one again. Um, so for me, I needed to go back to what was the source of this because you see the pattern kept showing up. Yes. in different places in my life. Yes. So again, the fear is real, but the why is a lie. So getting to the source of the fear is really, really critical, number one. I think the other thing is knowing which, is, which one of those three uh, are your limiting belief. I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, or I'm not smart enough. So then what happens is so for me, I'm able to go, oh, it's you again. So when I'm tired, for example, right. or I'm not right. taking care of my body, um, by eating sugar or hanging out, um, you know, again, I've allowed people into my inner circle that really are toxic, those psychic vampires, then I start to now self-doubt myself. I start to question myself more. And so that's when I need to take a stop, like a step back. And this is where Mother Nature is a huge, big deal for me personally, is that when I get out to uh, Mother Nature and I just allow the silence and she just, oh my gosh, she envelops us, right? Of showing right. us the, the beginnings, middle and endings of life. And so for me, that's where I get the insights. Oh, that's what's going on. From. Yeah, I'm afraid came of from. this. I'm mm -hmm. worried about this. Or I'm getting into scarcity thinking like somehow I've got to be part of whatever, you know, the train that's going. You know, I've got colleagues that are jumping on and they're doing this. But inside I'm going, I'm not feeling it. I just don't feel like this is where I need to take my business or my organization. Right. And I think, you know, that's again, we can't connect with ourselves when we're so busy on the stress treadmill, yep. we need to create space in our day and in our minds to really allow ourselves to get present. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the gift of being in the precious present ultimately. Yes, yes. Yes. I think those are, those are great strategies. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your experience with Jack Canfield, the, the chicken soup guy. Oh my goodness. That must've been uh, oh, just a, such a wonderful power. experience. He was, it was unbelievable. It was great. We had people, you know, um, so it was a process where a hundred people from around the world were able to come and, and wow. train with him. And so I did that for a year in Arizona, California, back and forth. And, uh, oh my gosh, Jack is a true teacher. He is just so real. He speaks about his own past and, and it's colorful and all, you know, things, choices that he's made summary, mm. you know, things that he's had to forgive himself for. And uh, he's the real deal. And I think for him, it's really about the vulnerability and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. Yes. And that personal development is just that we need to continually be working on ourselves and, and really kind of doing that mirror effect, remembering that our relationships around us are simply a mirror and yes. how we treat ourselves. But yeah, I have to say, I really, it was, it was a oh, huge, wow. uh, it was such a, a big part of my life and my, my experience of, of how I, how I really help others and serve others. Wow. Wow. Amazing. No, it, it sounded like a great experience. And I know you referred to him as your mentor, which, uh, which, uh, which is awesome to have that, uh, that person with such wealth and wealth and depth of knowledge uh, at your disposal for just whatever. That's amazing. Uh, Kate, I, I, I super appreciated spending this time and chatting with you. And uh, before we go, I, you know, last question, I wanted to ask around uh, personal responsibilities and because we all make choices. We all make the choice to do 
or not to do. And even when we don't do something, that still is a choice, right? And it's about recognizing in that moment. Like, so if we're bringing it back full circle to the power within us and recognizing how to obtain that power, it very much is a choice, isn't it? Absolutely. We have to take full responsibility for all the choices we've made, good, bad, and the ugly. I think that, you know, when I look back, even over my own career, that, you know, some of the choices, maybe not so great, some of them for sure, fantastic. And I think that rather than berate ourselves, rather than, you know, uh, get focusing on the negative, I think it's just really important to say, okay, now what? You know, rather than why me, now what? So it's about full responsibility. Yes, we can't change the past. So what are you choosing now? It's never too late. I'm so, that's such a big deal to me is that it's never too late. We can do a do-over. I say this a lot in the end of my presentations is that we can do a do-over at 11 o'clock at night. We can do a do-over at 7 a.m. in the morning. How do I want to show up? How do I want the results to be differently? And I think that oddly people right now more than ever are really taking a look at the choices that they're making and how it impacts their families, mm. how it impacts their own health. I'm working with a lot of leaders that they've gotten some, they've had some physical scares right. or they've had some diagnosis yep. or a family member has, and it's really, there's been a wake up call. Yeah, those are eye-opening experiences. Right. And I think that obviously I mentioned that in the book about, you know, why do we use this term heart attack? The heart doesn't attack us. It's what we do to the heart that mm. it becomes attacked. And I think that let's not wait until life has a way of just knocking against us, us against the boards to say, you better wake up because, right. you know, you don't, you're not going to live forever and your family relationships are not going to tolerate right. this forever. I mean, I remember one senior leader I worked with and, you know, head of a very large hospital. And she said, Kate, like, we, you know, I don't understand why you left us. You know, I don't get it. You know, like, you know, we were, we were 50 years of age and, you know, the house was paid for and blah, blah, right. blah. So she had all of these ideas of what success looked like and not, and she said, we never fought. Well, that's a flag right there. Uh, <laughs> please understand what I'm saying. Fighting. We don't no. Certainly mean, like, no, you know, I understand. I, no, I totally understand. That's right. Respect, not name calling and all of that. That's really important that I acknowledge yeah. that, yeah. but it shows an investment. You know, I mean, my husband and I, people watch this sometimes. I mean, we're 21 years together. We're both passionate people. And you'd swear, oh, my gosh, you know, like, are these guys going to stay together? Because we're so passionate That's in our right. position. Right. And then we kind of go, oh, you know what? I get I get where you're coming from. Oh, or we need to disagree. Just yeah. agree to disagree right. right now. That's right. And still love you. And, uh, and I think that's the other part. Now, granted, some marriages or relationships aren't like that. And that's no. totally fine. No. Yeah. You're maybe more laid back. But. The key is, though, are, are we investing in each other by sharing that, you know what? No, I don't want to go there for dinner. It can be the simple things that really add That's up right. to more than we realize. That's it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Kate, I, I think uh, uh, when I, when I, again, when I talked earlier about the, the, the job you did on this book, it's phenomenal. You, might, like, you, you poured yourself into it. I mean, how, how did it feel when you crossed that last T and dotted that last I? My goodness. Oh. You know, honestly, I can still honestly, I look back at my book and I go, that's my name on there. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah. I have to be truthful. There's still this Amazing. part of me that's going, somebody pinched me. Somebody pinched me because Amazing. I, when I pick up a book now, oddly, I have such an appreciation Absolutely. for the author in a very, very different way. I mean, I've authored like six different resources, um, you know, MP3s, et cetera, et cetera, DVD way back when, Parenting to the Eyes of a Child. But honestly, the book process has been such yes. a... So encompassing, and I couldn't have done it without the team of people that I work with. But I, I have to say, there now that I'm coming out the other side, it's like, wow, yeah, like I am really trying to practice what I preach about. Go, oh, that's really cool, like yeah, yeah. to be able to celebrate that, and because it was really important for me, oddly, that I, I couldn't, with my sister-in-law dying um, during COVID of cancer, when I saw her in that, um, you know, emotional here. Um, in the hospital um, bed in her in her uh, living room, it, it was just so crystal clear. I mean, she was my muse. Like, I can't die with this inside of me. This uh, this is my legacy. I need to be able to share with other leaders that they're not alone. That they need to get you know make sure that their support team is there for them. They need to do self compassion. They need to make sure that they are taking care of themselves on an ongoing basis, basis. not just a two week vacation. Right. They, to be doing it on a daily basis so that allows them to be able to you know get, you know be able to stay in the marathon so to speak 
so yeah, that was really important for me. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. If you can let our listeners know where they can go to get their hands on their very own copy, Kate. Sure. So www.powerfuljourney.com. And they can certainly get their own. Um, I'm happy to sign it for them. I know that people are purchasing, for example, for their teams for holidays or simply because of recognition, because of all they've had to do to pivot during this experience. So right. yeah, powerfuljourney.com is the way to go, or they can certainly go on. I mean, we've got, we've got it everywhere. It's in 180 countries. So it can be an Amazon. It can be in Kindle ebook. Yep. It can be yep. uh, certainly uh, Indigo, whatever their choice is. We're going to make, and I'll make sure as well that we share that. Uh, so listeners are aware where they can go and provide all the appropriate links. Kate, this has been so wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciated uh, sitting down and chatting with you. Uh, again, as I said before, you, you've always been such a warm, compassionate person. And, and so to, to talk to you this way, and, and again, even as, as I'm reading your book, I can hear your voice. It was so authentically you. So it was really appreciated to, uh, not only just reading that, but even chatting with you today. So thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. It's so great to be here, Audley. Awesome. You know, whether we are operating within the context of leadership or not, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter. That journey that we take to owning our own power, it's, it's very individualized. And uh, the, the path that one person takes is going to be very different from another. So no two are identical. Uh, the key in this, though, is understanding and recognizing the three A's that we heard Kate discuss. Uh, the first A being awareness. You know, awareness to what's happening around you. Uh, the second A is around acceptance and acceptance of the realities that contribute uh, to where we at, where we're at. And then finally is action. What action, what steps are you going to take to change your present circumstances? Uh, and th those are the three A's. And, you know, she details them uh, quite eloquently in her book, uh, The Powerhouse New, which, uh, again, I would encourage you to, to pick it up, especially if you're an individual that's looking to make some real tangible changes in the positive direction in their life. And I, I would absolutely encourage uh, that you pick it up. And, and again, this isn't something you have to be in a, in a leadership role or not, because you absolutely do not. And, and I can assure you of that. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. I mean, uh, again, it's a really powerful episode. Uh, thank Kate Collins uh, for, for taking the time and sharing. Thank you as the listeners for spending this time here on the Audacious Living Podcast. Of course, uh, this is a podcast that's, that's set up and designed to help you live your best audacious life ever. My name's Audley Stevenson, a.k.a. The Odd Man. Uh, please be sure to follow uh, the podcast Audacious pod on Twitter and Instagram uh, and keep up to date, up to speed with all things going on in the world of the Audacious Living podcast. Thank you once again for joining me and we will see you next time. Oh yeah, be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living podcast hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.